Grant jumps and misses. Bananas and Sarah butt heads. Tori and Danny would like to pass their vote. Amber finally has friends, which leads to the Aussies being in shambles. Kellyanne gets to be her authentic self. Both All-Stars 3 winners are eliminated in the same episode. And did everyone in the cast not realize what an Olympic gold medal in swimming meant? Of course, she's way freaking faster than all of you. It's the Challenge World Championship Episode 6 recap coming up right now. What up, my fellow challenge lovers? Welcome to The Challenge Historian, where we dive deep into all things MTV's The Challenge, past, present, or future. If it's happening in the challenge universe, then we are here to document it. I am your host and dedicated challenge historian, Jacob Hollaball. Thank you so very, very much for joining me here today to dive into World Championship episode number six. Still can't figure out if I'm supposed to plural championship championships. I don't know. I kind of just switch back and forth. Regardless, you know what we're here to talk about. The newest episode just dropped today, much earlier on my Paramount Plus and my time zone here than before. I appreciate last week the few of you that reached out. Let me know when you're able to see it in your time zones and in your country as it turns out and different ways you could possibly be watching this season. So thanks for that. It was up you know, bright and early for me this morning. So we're here. We're ready to cover it before we dive into the ever more confusing alliance bases, the ever more confusing I don't know what's going to happen on this season um, of all of episode six. We got a couple quick programming reminders. Main one being these will be continue to be the only episodes of the week for the time being the world championship recaps next week will be midday Wednesday, same as they have been throughout this season thus far. After that, though, there will be three weeks where I will be recording these recap episodes from Iceland, and I do not know what that will do to the timing of when I am able to watch and therefore record. They will be happening, but the time frame of when they will be released, hopefully still, you know, I'll be way ahead of schedule over there, seven hours or whatever. I'm going to be ahead of where I am currently now. If I can see them still at a good time, they might be out. They might be up before you can actually even watch the episode itself, or they could end up being up Thursday if uh, just when I'm able to watch over there. So we will see. As for Survivor Saturdays, those will continue over on the most likely to podcast feed. So make sure you're following there if you want to hear myself and Paige break down the wonderful season of Survivor that we've got going. With that, that's all we got. Let's dive in. Storylines first, awards second, predictions, which, pff, wow. Uh, prediction. I'm going to get all my predictions this episode wrong because I continue to get everyone wrong every single freaking episode. Those will be last with the updated power rankings. You know the deal. Let's dive in. Kicking off the storylines, this episode is a bit of a hodgepodge. You know, it's a total catch-up. We end on the cliffhanger last episode, and by the end of this one, we have realized why. There is a an elimination that is a bit of a dud, or just at least one that, you know, doesn't take a lot of time to show us what happened. It's over pretty quickly, and then, you know, we get the daily, and then we ultimately have another elimination that doesn't take place. So this is kind of like the catch-up episode, uh, where they just get caught back up to that regular daily and elimination, house daily, house house elimination format of the episodes that I envision will probably be how it goes the rest of the way out. But there's a bunch of different stuff to talk about. The way I'm going to go about it is I just have questions and each question is going to allow us to discuss something that happened within the episode. It's almost like, you know, I mean, I have, I always have questions. I have 
so many questions at all time about this show. And it's almost like I need a co-host who is either there as a cast member, who's on production, who can answer some of these every episode. Eventually, I'm going to have to start, uh, you know, trying to find some folks who were there to ask a bunch of these questions from. Although some of them, the production-related ones, I don't know if anyone's allowed to say or will say or anything. But that's how we're going to frame uh, the storyline segment of this podcast today. Just some questions that, uh, you know, kind of trying to talk out an answer will allow us to talk about a part of the episode. So the first one related to the elimination that opens the episode. Did the women have to hold the weight and were they allowed to say the math problems out loud? I have both of those questions about what was allowed and not allowed in this elimination. Were they told the women have to hold the weight or because Ben references, you know, I've got a bum shoulder still, so I'm not going to hold the weight up. Was it a decision on both sides part? Because I want want to know that. I also want to know if you could say the problems out loud because mostly in the past we've seen the audience is always allowed to help. I rail against that. Were they told for once, like, no, do not say these out loud. Do not yell these to the audience members to get them to help you. And more importantly, were you not allowed to say it out loud to your partner who is holding the weight or go over and talk to them? And I have these questions because I thought while watching it, that Wes and Zara didn't really have a shot. That's kind of how it turned out because Zara versus Casey in a just pure strength endurance contest, Casey's going to wipe the floor probably with any of the women there. I would imagine outside of like Wes being like going like full rain man, just like I know the answers to all of these immediately and can just throw an unbelievable amount of weight on right off the start. So Outside of that, I saw no way for them to win, which led me to think like, yes, Zara uh, talks about, you know, is dyslexic, has battled with that her whole life. Definitely would have been nervous, nervous, nervous about Wes proposing the idea of like, what if you did the math and I held? And maybe there was just that was never going to be in the cards. But Wes could hold that thing for a very long time, I imagine. And then also from holding that could assist with the math if she was allowed, if they were told, like, you're allowed to, like, say the problem out loud or, like, run over to your partner and say this is what the problem is. Would that have been incredibly difficult? Yes. Would that have maybe reminded me of, you know, back in the day, early West trying to do way too much and failing, such as when he put Mandy on his back to try to swing across the little stick things on whatever season that was, and they came crashing down immediately on Fresh Meat 2? Uh, There was a couple times like that where he tried to outsmart everything and, you know, it didn't work. Maybe it would have felt like that. But I also just I I didn't envision a path to to victory for them. And I thought at least this way there was like a shot in hell, depending on what the rules said of were they both allowed to? Were they been allowed to talk? Would they have been allowed to talk to the audience? I don't know. So I've got questions either way. Casey shows her strength. Ben shows he can do math under pressure. Both, you know, one thing we knew, the other one is a bit of new information for us. I don't know if in Survivor World you had to do a bunch of math or not. Maybe everyone knew this about Ben. I did not necessarily know that about Ben. So big showing for them. They cruise right on back into the game. Wes and Zara, who were my winner's pick, prove why the challenge is so hard. Prove why anyone who wins, any win, no matter what happens in the season, is damn impressive because... Even if you are the team that has almost no weaknesses, that is set up like Wes and Zara were an amazing team, a perfectly team. Like if they're in a final, like they've got everything they need. And when they can do everything together and balance out the little bit of weaknesses they might each have, all the better. But at any point, even when you're that good of a team, 
the challenge is this hard. You can run into the one single scenario that exploits your weakness and sends you home, such as like, hey, how would Wes and Zara lose? Well, if they maybe if they got thrown into elimination where like it pretty much just came down to Zara versus Casey in strength training, like sure, they, they would lose if it somehow more or less came down to Zara versus Casey one-on-one in a strength training exercise. That's what it came down to. That's a very small probability that that's going to happen, but it does, and it can, and that's why the challenge is so unbelievably hard. Wes's speech is nice at the end. It's definitely a bit of a shot at bananas more than anyone who has been maybe the most vocal, even playfully at times, um, about you know these these new kids and who do they think they are and this that and the other. So it felt like a like if when he says you know if anyone my compadre i don't even know what he said if any of my like fellow legends try to give you shit tell them to fuck off that sounded like a if bananas keeps talking shit or like saying you don't know what you're doing tell them to fuck off it felt very much like that but also maybe a peace offering because wes was a little bit of a part of some of the twitter bs back and forth he was much more supportive and obviously like covered the usa and other seasons on his patreon and different things like he's a fan of it he likes the growth of the game and so this just felt like a nice way for him to tie a bow on wes as the statesman of the challenge and you know officially like welcoming these people like you've earned your spot and more you're expanding the game i love you great tell bananas to fuck off all of that really really good my second question is, how the hell do you miss the blob? How do you miss? But also, in Grant's defense, in everyone's defense, this blob design had me really questioning a lot. Why is there a small mini blob attached to the side of the big blob where if you go slide off of either side, you go down into this crevice that is not water but is instead you know, more plastic or nylon or whatever the fuck the blob is made out of in the first place. And that seems really dangerous, even for someone who hits the top and then just slides off the side, like sliding down in that crevice is like a way to mess up your legs in a big way, ankles, knees, bones, the whole thing. And especially how Grant goes, you know, basically straight into that and lands instead of landing into water lands into a tarp net basically. And yeah, no wonder he gets fucked up from that. So yeah, I don't know how how he missed. Um, is it was it actually that easy? Maybe it is. Like standing up there, you're like, look, it's a long drop. There's a little wind, or like you could kind of just accidentally, kind of out of nervousness, like not jump perfectly straight. And jumping one inch to the side over that distance means three feet at the bottom means you missed and you hit the side of it, which means you just slip right on down into the bottom. It it, it obviously probably is easier than to miss the way Grant does than. It seemed at first, but it, it still, regardless, is a, a bit of an unforced air to say the least. It's incredible that he did the swim and finished really, truly remarkable. I'm glad TJ points that out at the end uh, because that's pretty wild. If you mess your knee up like that to then swim on it, the distance they swam, that is painful. That is giving your body completely to the game and to your partner to try to, you know, like you know, I just felt this pain. My instantly go to, is this the end of my game? But like, I'm not going to let this be the moment where it ends. I'm going to push, roll the ball down the hill here see where it all turns out, which ultimately isn't a great place for them, but incredible that he does that slight shades 
of Tommy, Survivor Tommy, getting a concussion and finishing the swim in like the heavy ocean water back on whichever spies based season he was on. I forget if that was Spies, Lies, and Allies or Double Agents. They're kind of the same thing to me at this point. Um, he and John A end up going home. Saw that coming the whole way. The moment he, you know, they show him swimming, but then they do the confessional and he says, you know, I, I, my knee, I'm in a lot of pain, this, that, and the other. We're like, okay, we're, this episode's the catch up episode. Those two are clearly going to go home. Then they show him going in the ambulance and it's like, damn, uh, this is a bummer. This is a big loss for the season. I hate to see John A have to go out like this. I hate to have to see anyone go out because a partner got injured. I hate to see anyone get injured. And they were kind of the fulcrum point of a lot of division and intrigue within the house politics. So all around, it was like, you know, this sucks, but I felt like we had the whole episode to be prepared and know that like, that's what the ultimate outcome is going to be. I also think that that the people in the house during the deliberation, which we are about to talk to about in a minute here, had to have known like odds are, you know, John A's sitting up there by herself. Odds are Grant, you know, they wrapped his knee up real good and took him to the hospital. That doesn't spell, you know, great things. Um, bananas, not cool. Grant limps into the elimination. You're very aware in all of your experience. What is about to happen is that he is about to be told that they're going home and that he can't compete anymore. And uh, I know you think it's funny, but throwing out the like, oh, like, come on, man. Like, Grant, we don't got all day. Get on in here. And Grant rightfully being like, it's not fucking funny, dude. Like, sorry. And just, yeah, come on, bananas. That wasn't that wasn't cool. Don't don't kick a guy while he's down like that. Those two go home. Um, and both all-stars, three champs eliminated in one episode. John a still hasn't, as she says in this episode, I haven't lost in a long time, which was just, I love, I love the flex. Um, and, you know, the, the kind of under the radar flex, just sneaking that in mid sentence, but she still technically hasn't lost in a very long time. Uh, you know, four seasons going now, uh, where she, you know, finished the final in a tie for first on the female side of All-Stars 1, although third overall or whatever, and yes, is the only winner, um, and then wins All-Stars 2, wins All-Stars 3, and now comes here and is DQ'd because of partner injury, so she has not lost in a long time. She remains on an undefeated streak of sorts, so... Good job by her. It's a big bummer when anyone gets injured and especially, you know, the fulcrum of a lot of stuff in the house. But if anything, it maybe just releases things to get even more chaotic. My final big question then and the real big topic of the episode is just what alliances still exists and are there a lot of conversations that were not seeing is there a lot more to some of the conversations that we are seeing is there a lot of conversations of importance that we are not seeing at all and not even being referenced to and where the fuck do the alliances remain at this point because it seems like such a mess with possibly a clear obvious outcome that I guess not. They just can't come to an agreement. There's just people in there that won't come to agreement on what's to me. I will eventually get to saying here is the clear, obvious outcome of some of this. But let's start by going through a few of these. We'll start with Sarah and bananas. One of the conversations where we see it, but I feel like we didn't see all of it. All right. There had to be more to this conversation, right? They get in a little back and forth. I won't be talked to like this bananas being like, Oh my gosh, just, you know, hand head in the hands. Like, I can't believe like, come on, like what, what's going on here. We see the beginning of this conversation is Danny, Sarah and Tori. Tori's like, I want to get on the same page before. Like, you know, if we're going to have some messy situation, let's have it here in private versus out in public. 
bananas and then ultimately Theo as well walk out and are like, yo, like we should probably be a part of this this time around. And then it's like immediate to Sarah, you know, being like, I'm not going to be talked to like this. And they're, they're just being a, a, a stalemate between the two of them. And I feel like we missed something in that. I feel like we saw 30 seconds of like a five minute conversation that was like a build up to where she is like, all right, dude, like, fuck this guy. I don't like, don't talk to me like that. Don't try to maneuver, manipulate like that, whatever. I feel like we are missing something. I don't know. But. It also feels like both of these two people came in with preconceived notions of each other that they will confirmation bias themselves into believing true or not. I feel like Sarah came in thinking bananas is a scumbag and everyone does his bidding. And I think bananas came in thinking new kids should do whatever the vets say and that people don't like Sarah. So I it's, it's it would be okay if I was combative with her for once. Cause recently I've been trying really, really hard in the last few years, the last handful of seasons to not be combative towards women on the show there's probably a reason behind that given way longer ago things that have happened on the show and i feel like he came in and was like all right people don't like sarah and i don't like all these new kids so if it comes to it i'm i'm okay to argue with her butt heads with her and he's just kind of confirmation biasing that into existence and she came in being like this guy sucks and everyone always does his bidding and so i'm gonna view everything through the lens of like why is everyone doing his bidding why does anytime he says something he's trying to manipulate the game even if in this moment he is actually just like no i just kind of like want to I don't know. Uh, I thought I was in an alliance with some of the people in this conversation that I saw happening outside. And I walked out to just kind of ask, uh, like, what's what's up? What's uh, should I be a part of this this time around? So I feel like we didn't see all of this. I feel like a lot of it was based on preconceived notions and not actually what was being said or what needed to be discussed in the moment. Next part of the alliance discussion. There is officially no more Aussie USA alliance. It's just done. Grant and John A are gone, and again, I think everyone knows this or at least expects that to be the case when this vote's going down, so I feel like we can judge this deliberation and vote in a way of like, yeah, they thought Grant and John A were still available, like could win and come back, but in their heads they really were thinking like, Grant and John A are gone. This vote you know, shows something. We still have to put someone in there, but there's a good chance neither of them are you know, going in, and all of that seeped into this for sure. So with Grant and John A gone, Emily and Yes officially just kind of seem to have no one because Kiki and Darrell were already kind of out on that. And then we get Troy and Amber ditching them last second when Ben and Casey fill them in right before. They're like, hey, Emily and Yes are willing to say your name. It becomes a you versus them. Pretty good manipulating there by, will say, by Ben and Casey and everyone they're working with to whether this was 100% going to happen, 100% true or not, to find a way of like, hey, we want another Aussie to get thrown in. How can we, you know, there's a little friction there. There's a little crack. Let's play those two against each other. It works beautifully. I still think it was the right move by Troy and Amber regardless, but it was also just really nice from Ben and Casey, like really well done stuff. Sarah and Emily are best buddies, uh, much to the chagrin of Tori, who doesn't think you should be best friends with someone on a season so quickly, um, which I've. I had I had weird feelings that I can't even ex I don't even have words to explain when she like says that I'm like I don't know like we could probably you've had plenty of not you yourself but plenty of people you're very connected to in the show have started calling other people their best friends right away and you know indirectly defended them whatever anyways that's a digression that doesn't need to happen um Emily and yes you know they have Sarah but Theo isn't on board with Sarah's plans 
Danny is with Sarah's plans, but his partner isn't. Justine maybe would be with Danny and Sarah, but her partner Bananas also aren't, so they just feel like a 100% split, and Emily and Yes feel completely off in the wind on their own. Which brings us to Danny and Theo. Another one where I say, we do see the conversation, but there had to be more of it, right? This had to be a lot longer because I have... Let's rewind partially. I have another question. I have no idea how voting works this season or any season for that matter since TJ stopped being in the room and asking directly for someone's vote when it was their turn. Bring TJ back into the room, please. Or I guess maybe not because it's leading to, it led to this very entertaining uh, back and forth over everyone being like, you know, anyone could vote at any time technically, but like, how does it work anymore without a TJ in the room saying, I'll take your vote first and then going around the room or whatever. How does it work? Can anyone st- step up and start the vote the way Amber seems to in this one be like, hey, you know what would be great? I'll go first this time. I'll get the you know the ball rolling in the direction I want it to first and see how that maybe changes things. And then is it just like a gentleman's agreement amongst everyone that like, hey, whoever goes first, we then just go in a circle off of that person, clockwise circle off of whoever steps up and says the first name. Okay, is that how it works? Um, I don't know. But I'm confused at what the machinations are in this moment. They obviously have disagreements over, you know, Tori and Danny both staying. Tori first being like, uh, I don't know. Do you want to go ahead and vote instead next? Because we're not ready. We don't haven't decided what we want to do. Danny defends Tori in this moment. So it's nice for their partnership that is obviously fractured with wanting to do different strategies. They're at least defending each other's right to (laughs) deliberate and pass a vote and uh, maybe think it through and see what's best for them. So that's nice. That's a good sign for their partnership. But it then comes to like Theo and Danny going at each other. And yes, Theo was pressing them to like, hey, no, like you're going to vote. We're not. You, you go next. You don't get to wait till the end every single time. Uh, whatever. So we see Theo press a little bit, but it felt like there was more to that back and forth than just maybe that single moment. Like maybe is is there some like Danny a little bit like, you know, me and Sarah trying to do this thing together. And ob- it's obvious why my partner is, you know, in this other alliance. But like it's not so obvious why you're not willing to help us and let last vote. You guys, you know, because of your wishes, we that you and Sarah didn't vote, whatever. Is there something there? You know, maybe Theo wanting to be with the UK or Kaz or the Legends or a combo of them. Is that is there other conversations we've seen haven't seen that led to this? Because it seemed like there was a lot more there than just Theo being the one to be like, no, 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 no. You guys have to vote right now. No getting to pass. I don't know. Again, I, I'm left asking the same question as when Sarah and Bananas had their little back and forth. Did we see the whole thing? Did we see all the parts that matter? They're not going to show us. If it's 10 minutes long, they're not going to show us all 10 minutes. But did we see the right parts, the parts that matter to give us the full picture? And are we missing a lot of other conversations? Because for the sixth straight episode, I feel like we see at a pivotal moment, you know, Troy and Amber give their vote. And then, ooh, flashback time to this conversation that happened that will tell you why this vote went this way. And I feel like that's really cool and good storytelling when we get to see it after the fact. But I also feel like maybe they're not showing us a bunch of stuff and then there's no room to show us it later. And now maybe we're just missing out on a lot of info. Or maybe it's just there's not enough time to put all of it in there in a season that's this kind of crazy with this many machinations, this many different little pairs and pods and alliances all going around. Who knows? But ultimately, I feel like I started this little monologue here that there is a simple solution 
And I don't know how it isn't coming together. Maybe it will come together, but maybe there's just some people just won't allow it to. But ultimately, why is it not everyone sits down and says Danny and Tori, Jordan Kaz, Sarah Theo, Bananas Justine, and Ben and Casey, put all your shit behind. Uh, Danny, Sarah, you and you two and Ben got to put your shit behind you a little bit there. You know, but like, you get to have the four USA folks. You get to have Tori and Jordan and Bananas and Casey, who all clearly want to, you know, they're the remnants or they're the new vacation alliance, if you want, within the legends. They would all get to be together. USA would all get to be together. Theo and Kaz would get to be the additions to this and, you know, get to be a part of it. So, it, and they're all, you know, the best teams. They would probably all win, you know, almost guaranteed one of those teams is it has a very good chance of winning every single daily keeping that power controlling it and five teams could go to a final so that feels like it's right it's just sitting there for a couple conversations a couple laying down of our swords to happen where that could come together which leads me to the final question on the alliance is what are all the floaters doing then because yes that group is not an alliance right now but i envision that it could be if they just put their swords down but then on the other side, we've got Kellyanne and Tristan who don't who win this episode. They don't get to use their power. That might be a good thing for them. It's kind of nice sometimes when you win and don't have to use the power, don't have to get any blood on your hands, but do get to feel that confidence boost of like, we can win these things. They could get Jody and Benha who are truly out on their own and are just the sacrificial lamb that may make it to the final based on as nervous as it may be, as nerve wracking, excuse me, as it may be being good with like we're nominated every time as the second team, but whoever's with us is the one everyone actually wants to go in. And like, you could ride that role all the way to the end. It's extremely nerve wracking because you could always just have get sent into elimination, but uh, it, it could be a beneficial place to be as this overlooked team essentially by everyone else. Maybe Kelly and Tristan could get Jody and Benha. Maybe they could get Troy and Amber and Darrell and Kiki and those four teams could do something together. Troy and Amber now a little bit, kind of, you know, at least with Ben and Casey to some small degree. Could, though, if those four got together, could they then mend things with Emily and Yes? And we still get, like, hey, Emily and Kiki hate each other, sure. We, Emily and Troy, just kind of split in the Aussie group, sure. But those three Aussies and their teammates could go with Kellyanne and Jody and their teammates, and now they have a team of five. And it would force this other side that is so fractured to try to come together or else or have an easy, quick defection from that group, which I think would be their, you know, Jordan Kaz, Bananas and Justine both would be ready made for a defection from the rest of their dysfunctional group that they're trying to work with. So ultimately, I don't know. And that's a sign of a good season. As much as this episode was, uh, it wasn't as good as the other episodes because it's the catch-up one. Is like we we gave you so much goodness in the previous couple episodes. We had to do a little catch-up here. We had an injury that sucks. We had an elimination that, while really cool, I forgot to say I love the design of both the elimination and the daily challenge. Other than the safety uh, hazards of the daily challenge, love the design of both. They aren't necessarily the most interesting to watch, but. They were both really good designs. We had to play catch up. We had to get you to this point, but now we're left with like, I have no idea who's going to do what, who's going to win, who's going to win any daily, any elimination, the final for sure. And where people's alliances lie, where, who could get stabbed in the back or the front, who could end up working together. That's a sign of a good season. We haven't had this kind of like strategic political chaos in a minute in the challenge house. And so I'm very much loving that.
All right, for our awards, first up, best quote, two nominees, both from the same person. That would be Kellyanne, although Tristan has a, a, a bonus throw in on the first one. The first one's a back and forth, Kellyanne and Tristan. Quote, I've never done this before, but when I visualize myself, this is me. Tristan's response then, flying through the air with no control. Kellyanne, absolutely. End quote. Love that. Uh, that was a fantastic. Just Really, really funny, really good. And then they obviously do incredibly well and win. And then Kellyanne at the very end of the episode, the quote of the week winner, quote, I think every challenger deserves a fight, even the ones who lie to you, end quote. What a nice little polite yet biting way to go out in the Kellyanne versus John A. Doesn't have a resolution for this particular season. I would have loved to see if Grant is non-injured and they just get last if Kellyanne, you know, is allows John A's input, how that would have gone, but we won't know until they possibly end up on another season together sometime in the future. As for best moment, four nominees, Wes's speech to the newcomers, Grant missing the blob, but still finishing Sarah versus bananas over nothing. Their fight over what seemed to be in the moment, at least nothing. And Tori and Danny trying to pass the vote slash Danny and Theo having that back and forth. Those are the four nominees. I would say, because the other three are kind of bummers. I I mean, Wes and Zara going home was a bit of a bummer, but I like Wes's speech to the newcomers. We'll give him the best moment on his way exiting the game. As for the MVP of the episode, a tough one. There wasn't a 100% standout like this person is the clear, obvious. There's a lot of good performances, a lot of contributors to this episode's entertainment. Sarah, Danny, um, Ben, Emily all make the ballot, but I'm going to give the win to Kellyanne between the commentary, the daily win. Um, yeah, uh, just, you know, when there's no clear winner, I, I think she stands out just a touch above the rest of them. So I'm making Kellyanne the MVP of episode six. Then we come to the power rankings and the predictions. The power rankings, yet another big shakeup again. We, I kind of have no idea where anyone lies, but I do know this. Somehow, some way, and they may, based on the next week on, start to jeopardize this, Justine and Bananas are just, like, sitting pretty. No one's concerned about them. There's multiple people, multiple groups, you know, vying for their alliance affection um, and commitment and that they've kind of given and they're open to, but they've never... I don't know. I just, I feel, I can't believe that uh, Bananas is the one kind of in the background here of everything at this point, but he is even with butting heads with Sarah this episode. They're number one to me. I'll leave Sarah and Theo number two. I'll put Kaz and Jordan number three. And then after that, it's kind of like two tiers to me. Those three teams both seem really, really good and weirdly sitting in great places politically after the turmoil of the last few votes and everything. And then everyone else I could almost put in any order. I, for this one, move Kellyanne and Tristan all the way up to fourth because it seems like maybe they're off the radar for the time being and can win daily challenges. So they move way up because I do love their endurance if they were to make the final. Kiki and Durrell in fifth, Amber Troy sixth, Casey Ben seventh, Tori Danny eighth, Jody Benhan nine, and Emily, yes, tenth. But really, again, those six teams, those seven teams, excuse me, I think you could put in any order. This feels like just two tiers to me. Uh, Kaz Jordan, Sarah Theo, Justine Bananas are kind of in tier one for me right now and not feeling too much heat on them and also being teams that I could see if they make a final winning it. The other six teams, all good teams left. I could, most of them, you know, Jody and Ben has really the only one still that I'm like, 
if they were in the final, I don't really envision them winning. I can't totally see that. Anyone else, I could envision that happening, but they've all got heat on them. They all have decisions to make of who to trust, who not to trust, who to align with, who not to align with. And so it's just kind of it's just kind of a mess down there. So we just kind of moved some people up that had been at the bottom, and we moved some people down that had been at the top. But this could all be very, very different after next week. As for my predictions, man, I am shitting the bet on this one. I came coming off the season where I first time ever I predicted the winners correctly. I have not followed that up with another correct winner's pick because I picked Wes and Zara, and they are now gone. One of my five finalist picks gone. My winner pick gone. All of my predictions the last two weeks have been completely opposite of true. So because I clearly know I am still going to make predictions for next week and that you can pretty much just go to the bank, bet on the opposite of what I'm about to say to happen. But here we go. Anyways, we will give it a shot. We will continue. We will stay strong in the face of adversity of being a complete dumb, dumb who can't get any of these things right. Who can't see what's happening. But again, I like to say it's because it's a good season where it's unpredictable seasons are good. So it's, it's a good thing that I'm not just like, obviously this is going to happen and then it's right. Or I might just be dumb or a mixture of both. Anyways, here's the predictions for next week. I think Tori and Danny are going to get last in the next daily challenge, which will throw things into complete and utter chaos. Um, as far as, you know, the two sides, they're both trying to play on then having to decide with them on the line, which side's going to actually win out that battle without them being really a part of the actual final conversation. I just think that could be pretty fantastic and interesting to see how that would go down. So I think they might lose. I think then if they were to be lose that Casey and Ben will be proposed by their own allies to go in and do the dirty work of removing Tori and Danny from the game so that they can have the team that is the most on two different sides kind of just like squash and everyone can understand where everyone lies a little bit better. I think they're going to throw their other members, Casey and Ben under the bus to maybe be the ones to go in and do that. And then I think Tori and Danny smoke whatever elimination is put in front of them and whoever is put in front of them. I think if they get into the elimination, they're going to absolutely smoke whoever steps foot in the sand with them, regardless of what is put in front of them. So that's those are the three things that are the opposite. It's probably going to happen. Tori and Danny are obviously going to win the daily challenge. They're going to pick a side. Everything's going to go get real simpatico. And Ben Han Jody are probably going to go home. That's what's going to happen. But stand by my predictions as wrong as they continue to be. And I thank you for standing by me and this podcast. We are wrapping up here another episode of World Championship in the book. We will be back next week for episode seven. As always, hit that follow, hit that subscribe, wherever you may be listening or watching, and make sure you don't miss a future episode. Hit me up on Instagram at Challenge Historian if you want to talk challenge, if you've got comments, responses to this podcast, to the show, to anything at all. You can find me over there. And again, if you listen or excuse me, if you watch Survivor, definitely check out Paige and I talking about Survivor on Saturdays on the Most Likely To podcast feed. Thanks as always. Much love to all of you. We'll talk again next week. Peace.